The following episode contains themes that may not be suitable for some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, help is available. Call or text 988 or chat on 988lifeline.org. Welcome back to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Aaliyah. And I'm Emily. Yep, this is the second week in a row we've got my sister Emily on the podcast. If you enjoyed last week's episode, I am so happy if you did, because I enjoy talking with my sister for over two hours of psychological thriller. And other things. And other things. Because <laughs> we have, like you, like, you could tell we're sisters. We just go off on random tangents when we're trying to stick to one topic. It's that ADHD brain. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found, well, I don't know if you were there when Dad told me that he had adult ADHD, or he got diagnosed with that. It makes sense. Well, one day, we, we were like, I can't remember when this actually happened, but like, he and I were sitting next to each other, and we must have been eating something, but he turned to me and goes, child of mine. He's like, I have something to tell you, and I'm like, what? He's like, I have to, he's like, I owe you an apology. He's like, I've just been recently diagnosed with adult ADHD, and I feel like I may have passed that on to you. Due to your struggles in school, and I was like, makes sense. Same. I'm gonna go. Yeah. We we kind of all have that thing yeah. that makes us a little wit- bit weird. Yeah, I got a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a lot. <laughs> but ADHD is not the only thing we have in common. Yes. This week we're talking about true crime. I mean, we're playing a true crime quiz again, but I I felt it was appropriate to have my sister on for the show since she is the. You are the closest person in my life, aside from Colin, who enjoys true crime. Colin doesn't give two shits about true crime stuff. Oh, come on. I know. I have tried to get that guy to watch some true crime stuff. Oh, yeah. It's literally like pulling teeth. Yeah. And I even was talking to this about, like, with his friend today. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I can understand not liking true crime. Like, some people don't like it. He's like, but, you know, his friend likes it and other people that we know like true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, with me and Colin, it's like, I have to try to encourage him to watch it. And I yeah. think in the eight years he and I have been together, he and I have only watched three true crime documentaries together. The Night Stalker docuseries, the John Wayne Gacy tapes, and then another one called Athlete A. Okay. They're all on Netflix, but Athlete A was just nasty. Yeah, no, I don't know if I'd watch that. Yeah. But you and I, we have been true crime fans, I feel like, for a very long time. Starts with that uh, ID Discovery show, yeah. or channel, where it has, like, Dateline, Snapped. Oh, Oxygen. Uh, yeah. yeah. What was one of the other ones we watched? I remember, and I... You and I listen to Morbid True Crime Podcasts. I've mentioned them a lot on this podcast, but... I very much am a fan. They have also admitted that in their childhood, they used to watch the E! Hollywood (gasps) channel and the countdowns. I loved the E! Whenever it was, like, celebrity, like, Celebrity murders and true crime, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those were fascinating to watch. Yes. I don't mean to get, like, pumped up like we're getting Yeah, no, up. we're not, not. Like, 
it's, cool with murder. Yeah, but it's not it. But it's just so like interesting to think about and talk about it because see, like if you had asked me when I was younger what my favorite true crime case was, I would have said the Manson family murders. Mm-hmm. But now I'm 29 years old and I've listened to a bunch of podcasts, docu series, and documentaries, and read a bunch of articles and stuff. It's hard to narrow down my absolute favorite, but yeah. it's it's just interesting to kind of like talk about and then they like to have somebody like you to like bounce off ideas and like thoughts and stuff with as opposed to colin who just sits there and is like can we not talk about ted bundy for like the hundredth time in like two weeks like yeah it's just it's hard to kind of like unpack everything that you listen to when it comes to true crime Mm -hmm. but do you have a favorite case that you um read about or listen to or trying to think i don't really have favorites i have ones that like will make me so angry right ted bundy comes to mind when i think of those ones him but you know who makes me even more angry Hmm. john wayne gacy right and after watching the confession tapes docuseries i I was livid i was like i want them to resurrect him just so i could punch him in the face choke his fat little neck i hate him i can't stand him he's so annoying he really is and when you if you watch the docuseries on netflix he is a fucked up person and did i did i tell you that oh god we when we first started talking about true crime on this podcast it was a true crime trivia Mm -hmm. episode and i had based a lot of my questions off of a book (laughs) called serial killer trivia Mm -hmm. Yes. I bought it. I bought the book on Amazon. I still have it. Mm-hmm. One of the questions is, where is John Wayne Gacy's brain? And apparently... Didn't they lose it? No. No. Whose no. brain did they lose? Wasn't there one that they they kept it because they wanted to look and see... Was it Ted Bundy? No, Ted Bundy wasn't. I don't think it was Ted Bundy, but John Wayne Gacy's brain... So, while he was incarcerated and awaiting his death sentence, he was interviewed extensively by psychiatrists and specialists who just wanted to know why why you did what you did. Because he's disgusting and he's human garbage. Right. He is... This is my new favorite thing to call people who I can't stand or who are, like, just despicable people. (laughs) Sorry for people who are going to be grossed out by this. Um... He is what I like to call the dick cheese of de- of society. Right. <laughs> the nasty Fremunda cheese of society. <laughs> that is what he is. But apparently one of the doctors or psychiatrists who, like, worked yeah. with him and interviewed him, like, yeah. she spent hours upon hours of interviews with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually where they got most of the tapes from for that documentary. Yeah. But he had, like, in his... Uh, I don't want to say will, but in his, like... Yeah, like his last wishes. He wanted yeah. his um, brain and stuff to be donated to science or something. Yeah, he wanted... Or research. Yeah, he wanted his brain to be researched to see if he truly had something that was physically or mentally wrong with him. They could find no such thing. Nope. So she's got his jar kept in formaldehyde in her basement. Yuck. Which I find intriguing, but still gross. Yeah. <laughs> Very gross. I would not, uh, honestly, I would, because I know it would, like, piss him off, Mm -hmm. I would throw that in the garbage. Right. (laughs) I would throw it in the garbage and have it end up in, like, some dump somewhere and be like, "Mm, that's how significant you are. Yeah. Your brain belongs in the trash. Right. (laughs) So you, how many, like, 
Well, I, I guess it's hard to kind of like keep track of how many we both have seen, but which documentary or docuseries have you watched that is the most intriguing for you? The most intriguing, probably just because I'm like fascinated by it. And it isn't even really, I mean, there there is, it is kind of true crime because um, he wasn't like an infamous serial killer or anything like that, but it's um, it's called The Many Faces of Billy Mulligan. Oh, yeah. I, I watched that, that recently. He, he had dissociative identity disorder, or so they believe. Okay. It's very much like heavily debated. That's where like a majority, I mean, they touch on the crimes that he committed, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is very much like the polarizing like opinions of like people and not just like everyday people but like people within like the psychology community like mm-hmm. you know psycho- psychologists and psychiatrists who absolutely wholeheartedly believe that he had dissociative identity disorder right and then people in that community who thought he was just faking it right and like putting on a show to get out of like his crimes and stuff right that one i thought was very interesting because Mm -hmm. it does touch a lot on like the psychology of that sort of stuff and it also it's just very conflicting but as far as like true crime in the sense of like the ted bundy tapes or the john way gacy tapes or things like that one of my favorite documentaries or docuseries was that one it was like a series and each episode was a different case case. is it catching a killer or something like that I think, is that the one that had BTK on Yes. It? Yes. That one I liked yeah. a lot. That, that one, one was, was interesting. really cool. And I remember that one, too. They also had, like, Eileen Warnos in it. Yes. That one was an interesting one, too. She doesn't really get talked a lot about often when it comes to, like, the true crime community. Yeah. And if she, And if she is, it's very much like... Heroism? Yeah. Yeah, because... Or, like overtly because she was a sex worker and that's how she lured men in it was very much like overly sexualized and or like you said like heroism like oh these men were like bad men and she was like doing justice like vigilante stuff and i was like "Mm, not necessarily like yes she did have a lot of bad stuff happen to her and and i do feel horrible for her as a person as far as like what she went through growing up right but like you can't you can't take one you can't take the law into your own hands right two these men didn't know you right yes they picked you up in with the idea of sexual favors for money and some of them may have been married well that's their own moral struggle right you can't kill people over stuff like that I think the thing with Eileen Warnos is that, like you said, because she's a woman, she was a sex worker, you know, she, a lot of people felt like she was serving this vigilante justice in terms of, like, well, I'm ridding the world of all the bad men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in your in your line of work, you're, you're essentially working with total strangers who mm-hmm. don't know you, who are seeking you out for sexual purposes. Yeah. I think when you get to the point of, like, killing them and then taking their valuables like she stole someone's car and sold yeah. it yeah she stole someone's possessions and sold sold it that's where mm-hmm. you kind of like cross that line yeah of, yeah because you're no it, longer protecting yourself from these people you are going out of your way to lure these people yeah 
into harm's way and you are robbing them in the process. Yeah. Like, that's where you go from being a vigilante to a yeah. total criminal. Right. So, that's what I think about when I think of Eileen Warnos. But I will say, the most intriguing case that I've heard so far was the John Edward Robinson episodes on Morbid. Was he the one that scammed? Yeah, scammed people. Yeah, he was. He started out as a con man in the eighties. Yes, and then when the internet broke out and chat rooms were opening yeah. up, he oh, used the he internet so to. Yeah, he used the internet to lure women to his hometown, and then somewhere along the way, murdered them, and mm-hmm. then stole all their stuff and yeah. possessions and things. Yeah, it, like one and of the, the one lady had a daughter. He, yeah, he's basically sold because it wasn't like a legit adoption right he like sold the baby to his brother which is like that's disgusting right and And that 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 one like it rocked me because i was like holy shit because he how did he not go to jail way sooner for the rest of his life there were so many times where i'm just like well I guess we're just going to keep letting him get away with stuff. It's right. fine, I guess. Whatever. I mean, just despite the fact that, first and foremost, when he was a con person, he was somehow obtaining all these jobs with no credentials, no, like, yeah. resources or anything. Scamming, like, it, the the first few jobs that he had were he all... Stole. He like, stole stuff, yeah. Substantial amounts of money. Yeah. From and them. then... He organized a, like, a charity of some kind and was embezzling from that. Yeah. And then from there, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to start a program that yeah. is going to help young women turn their lives around and, you know, get better. And what does he end up doing with that? He picks these women up, kills them along the way. Yeah. And not, not even before like he makes them sign things over like it's pretty much sign over everything to yeah and there were like a with the with, i believe with his first two he had them sign blank papers oh, yeah. and then write notes to their parents or their family saying that they had run away and never wanted to see him again and that's like fucked up shit yeah that's the one that like to me sticks out the most thus far because it's so like he was very that's evil th- yeah like that that's is evil like, to a whole nother level yeah because like the first woman i believe was like paula godfrey he picked her up from her parents house yeah had her sign all these blank papers and sign over everything mm-hmm. to him yeah. and then after like a week of her family not hearing from her he sent them a letter with her signature on it saying i had run away start over i'm happy and i'm fine but i don't want to see you ever again like that is fucking evil yeah like to a whole other level yeah that is a full-on like predator he was yeah he is a predator yeah but i will say like in terms of true crime documentaries i think the most intriguing one i have seen so far and I, I mentioned it a couple times on the podcast but it's called murder among the mormons i have started it okay watch is it it's a series right yeah it's like a four i think it's a four-part series yes i yeah started or no i finished the first episode i'm on the second one but Mm -hmm. i haven't like i literally started the next episode paused it and haven't started it up again right i will say it was one of those cases that i went into not knowing anything about it i just Mm -hmm. saw the title murder among the mormons and i watched the Mm -hmm. trailer and i was like oh this is going to be some shady shit mm-hmm. that involves the Mormon church. And it's going to be, it's going to unravel everything about that religion. 
and it ended up taking a total left turn, like yeah. we mentioned in the last episode, and it blindsides you with the truth, and it's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it blew my mind. It was such a good documentary. Yeah. But you want to know one I am waiting for them to do for Netflix? I'm waiting for them to do an Edmund Kemper docuseries. Oh, I don't ever want to hear. I know. I don't ever want to hear. Just because I don't want to hear him talk about the women that he murdered and his mom and stuff oh, like yeah. that. That is disgusting. Yeah. Like, I think it would make me physically sick. Right. Because he hates women so much. Right. And it's like... I understand that your mom was probably not the best lady. Right. And that you, like, went through some stuff in your childhood and, like, you know, I get I get that it wasn't great. Yeah. But, like, yikes, man. Right. That would make I mean, me... <laughs> to, to, to murder her with a hammer was one thing, but then to, like, do everything, single thing he did with her corpse yeah. afterwards... And her head. Yeah, it was disgusting it was so gross it was so gross i think if i ever heard him talk about it i would be physically sick i'm only intrigued because he he went to jail a couple times like this is his second time now in prison and the first time he was in prison he people have reported that he was like a model prisoner and apparently since he's been in jail he's been doing pretty good behavioral wise like he hasn't started any fights he's been denied parole many times because they're like, literally, if we send you out, out, you're going to just continue to do it. But okay. But do you remember at the end of the Morbid podcast when they talked about him that apparently he, he does like... Yes, I was just about he, to say he, it. He does audio recordings yeah. for children's books. Yeah. And I'm like, I would never. Yeah. I, I would... That's too much. That's going down a completely different path in That's life from much. what you were originally doing. That's too much. Although, I don't want children listening to him read children's stories that's that's no right that's a hard although i will say though that colin actually did quite enjoy the night stalker docuseries on netflix brian did too really yeah and he's not a true crime person either yeah do you think it might have been because of like the detectives in it probably i mean maybe i gotta ask colin because when i talked to him about it today i said well which one did you like so far he's like i did like the night stalker documentary he's like i thought that one was pretty informative and i'm like i think it's because the the detectives pretty much narrated the whole thing and they they were like so here's step by step our investigation on him i think brian liked that piece yeah he likes that piece he doesn't like to hear about the actual true crime piece because then he's like i don't want to listen to that there was one seen in that docuseries that I pointed out to Colin that he thought was pretty interesting is when they tracked down the Avia shoe and yes. which which one yeah however yeah the mayor I have bitched about her incessantly I, I don't mean to tap on the thing but I had talked about it last time we did a true crime trivia with Colin I mm-hmm. asked him the question I couldn't tell you her name. Oh, oh, Diane Feinstein. I yes. remember that bitch's name. Aliyah's like, I got her. <laughs> I got her deck. name. I got her locked and loaded just in case I ever got a Right? Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't She's have like, it. I've committed her to memory. I hate her so much. <laughs> I really do. But the question, I believe, was who held a press conference and released all the information on the Night Stalker See, case? Yeah, I, I would have told you the mayor. She was San Francisco, right? Yeah. I would have said the mayor of San Francisco wouldn't have been able to tell you her name. Diane fucking Feinstein. Yeah. Her I job. I just remember she was kind of a bitch. I was like, listen, yeah. honey. 
she, don't be doing that. I will keep saying this until she actually does resign from being a politician, but she... Oh, is she still? Yeah. She looked like she was 60 in the Night Stalker documentary. Right. She looked ragged. But here's the thing. How is she still alive? How does she still have a fucking job is what I want to know. Like I Yeah, she really she, almost completely ruined an entire police right? investigation. Like, she, ma'am, what are you doing? She's 89 years old today. Is she still is she still in politics? Yes. For real? Yeah. Let's see. There's no way. They ha- I'm sorry. Can I just I know this isn't a, a political podcast. Right. But can I just make a statement? Sure. There needs to be a cap. Yes. An age cap on how old you can be and still serving in politics. We should not have 89-year-olds serving in politics. Right. There's got to be a fucking cap. There should be a cap. 65. Yeah. Like, 65 and should and be the cap. That is the Retirement standard, age. Yeah, that is the standard retirement age almost across the board in America. That should be the same policy for politics. Yeah. You can't be in your 80s and dictating other people's lives right. supreme court right um, <laughs> um i'm just but, saying but diane feinstein should have lost her fucking job oh, when yeah. she had that press conference that's she should have fucking resigned uh, at that what point. do they call it interfering interfering with police investigation yeah you can go to jail for that that's otherwise an offense she should have right been in a lot more trouble right did someone not warn no they told her right didn't someone well, warn her not to well Here's the thing, because because the Night Stalker case happened in multiple jurisdictions in the state of it California, didn't get to them it, not to release everything. Not really, and I mean, when it came to the uh, city of San Francisco, they had their own jurisdiction of, but it wasn't the main two detectives who had consulted with her not to hold this press conference. She, I think, she just kind of like did it on her own fruition, thinking that the people need to know what the police know. And not fully realizing the severity of her actions, it's like... Carrillo. Carrillo. I'm sorry, I apologize. Frank... Or no. Gil Gorilla. Gil Gorilla. Or Carrillo. Carrillo. With a C, sorry. I apologize. But yeah, she should have known the severity of her actions there. And I feel like because she just... After she just she, went on TV and started saying things. And right. then she was like, peace out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And, and because of that... Sorry, I made the, the it's okay. audio thing jump. I do a lot worse on this, so I'm, I'm totally okay with that. But, like, after she gave that press conference, mm-hmm. and Richard Ramirez was watching this, yeah. he tossed the shoes yeah, over the Golden State Bridge. Almost could have completely... And they never recovered could those have sneakers. completely screwed up the investigation right. 100%. <laughs> they never so found those sneakers. Yeah. I was so fucking pissed. Yeah. I was like, can you not be a politician anymore? Yeah. Like, can we just stop? Can you <laughs> just not? <laughs> right? When I get really passionate about stuff and I talk so much, my throat dries out, so I have to take sips of water. No, you're good. All right, so I feel like we've talked enough about true crime. We'll go and get into the quiz. So when we do true crime trivia, usually me or Colin will like conduct a series of uh, general questions about true crime. Today, I decided to do something a little bit different. So we haven't fully talked about cults except from last week's episode when we talked about psychological thrillers. But we are going to be talking about cults a little bit in this uh, trivia case. Yay! Or not case, but like trivia quiz. Yes. Game. So I've conducted about 15 questions of different cults. And 
we did talk about this before we came on the podcast. I'm going to give you three chances to try to guess the answer. If you can't get it by then, you don't get a point. Okay. And I will tell you what the answer is. But if you truly, truly don't know, you don't want to think too hard about it, then you can just tell me, you know, I don't pass. know, pass, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you the answer. Okay. But then we can probably, like, talk about them along the way. Because some yes. of these are, like, very interesting. And especially with the um, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey docuseries <gasps> oh. that just came out last month. Yes. That's nasty. It is very much so. I I was at a wedding shower a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I heard someone mention, oh, yeah, something about this documentary about the FLDS church. And I was like, you mean Keep Sweet? Or was it Keep, keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey? Yes. And they're like, yeah. I'm like. Oh, I fucking loved watching that. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was so good. I know, like, and you know how, like, it's gotta be weird for people on the receiving end of those situations where you're just, like, out in public and then all of a sudden you hear somebody mention, like, a little bit about true crime. Be like, you wanna talk about true crime? I could talk about true crime for hours, like. Yeah, I know. Any, t- like, Colin gets worried anytime we go anywhere and it was like, he's like, don't mention Ted Bundy to Aaliyah. And then if, like, I pop up and be like, let's talk about fucking Ted Bundy for, like, ten <laughs> hours. <laughs> let's. Let's complain about Ted Bundy for eternity, because right. that man, let's never let that man rest, because right. he is the worst. He is the absolute worst. I can go on for hours, but I'm not yeah. going to go there. It's I will right. say, I though, feel the same way about BTK and John Wayne Gacy. You know what's funny? The way that most people, especially uh, Ash and Elena from Morbid, the way they feel about BTK is the same way I feel about Arthur Shawcross. <gasps> I did yes. I did a two-part episode on his case He's on the so podcast. Disgusting. He is disgusting. But you want to know the thing that like really irked me? And a lot of people do this. It's not just serial killers. It's people in everyday life. But when they over-exaggerate certain things about themselves to try to make themselves sound interesting, and you can just tell, like, it's not... Like, BTK, he over-exaggerated a lot yeah. of things about his past that were just absolutely not true. Yeah. And there is a documentary on Netflix called Interview with a Serial Killer, I yes. believe. I did not like that documentary. No. No. First of all, I mean, it's informative about the case. That's the only thing I like about that documentary. The only thing that really ticked me off was the aftermath after his arrest after his oh, trial his family they would send in like specialists psychiatrists people to actually sit down and interview and talk to him and he would just create these episodes where he was like going under like hypnosis and re reliving these things that didn't happen in his life and it's mm-hmm. like these these doctors are like eating the shit up Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we've just proved that this guy has, like, multiple personality disorder. Or he's got, like, he's sexually abused as a child. It's like, no, he wasn't. No. No. He's just a disgusting individual who yeah. knows how to play the system. Right. For, for a guy who had a low IQ, like, he knew how to fucking play people. And yeah. the thing that really, like, solidifies it for me, and I covered this on our um, podcast, but even when he was, like, after he was arrested and in jail and was alive... He would conduct interviews from prison. And depending on who was interviewing him, he would try mm-hmm. to s- spin, like, so many different stories. Mm-hmm. So if he had male interviewers, he would talk about the time he supposedly served in war. Yes. Which, by the way, never served no. time in the military. Nope. He was stationed at a facility in Kentucky. He never went overseas or anything. Yeah, But he claimed to have a kill count of, like... In the 60s, like high 60s. It's like oh bullshit. Gosh. 
But if he had a female interviewer, he would talk about the gruesome details of the case mm-hmm. in detail, just to watch him squirm, which just proves to me he's that, disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's a sick, sick person. Yeah, like that just proves to me that Arthur Shawcross was a piece of shit person who in no way, shape, or form was being truthful about any of the things no. he said about his life. No. The only thing he felt like was truly noteworthy were either the lies he had fabricated about his past or the crimes he had committed that just shock people. Mm-hmm. Because at least like if you did what he did, you have something to talk about yeah. that makes you seem interesting, which is what most of these people do when they yeah. commit crimes. I hate to go off topic again like no, we do all okay. the time, but He's just one of those cases that really fucking irks me. Yeah. And, it, and it, because it's a local one for us, yeah. it's even more shameful. I live near... I currently live near where the last body... Where they caught him. Oh, where they trying caught him? Northampton Park. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that far from Northampton Park. I'm, yeah. like, literally, like, 10, 15 minutes away. Yeah, so, like I mentioned in the in that podcast, I would recommend going to check out those episodes because I, I try to cover as much as I can. So he would pick up most of his victims on Lyle Avenue, and then he would dump their bodies somewhere on the Genesee River, like along the Genesee River. Mm-hmm. One of those places was Turning Point Park mm. over off of Lake Avenue. Yeah. My friends used to go hiking there all the time, and I did not realize that that was one of those places until I started looking into that case. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I used to go hiking there. Now that just makes me feel, like, weird yeah. about being there. Yeah, I've been, I've been to Northampton Park, and I'm just like, huh, we used to go sledding there. Really? With Aunt Joanne. <gasps> Oh, no. And I, I don't know if he was caught there, but it was there. There was someone, like, flying, like, a plane or, like, a helicopter, and they oh, yeah. saw him trying to, like, dump a body. Because there's, like, a little bridge. Well, they believed he was either urinating or masturbating in that, on oh, that bridge. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they were like, hey, let's go talk to this person, because they're just hanging around this place where we just found a body not too long ago. Yeah. So... And one of the FBI profilers even said that your suspect is more than likely going back to the crime scenes and reliving those moments. Oh, so yeah. So they, they followed up, and there he was. Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. And then... I was like, that's kind of disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of kind of taints any mm. type of memory I have of that place. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this in that episode, but you remember uh, Krista's first apartment with Carlos? Yes. So Emily's best friend, Krista... And Colin's best friend, Carlos, are a couple. And their first apartment apartment together was right next door from Arthur Shawcross's apartment building. Was it really? Yeah. And you want to know something even creepier? So across from the building used to be the Genesee Hospital. Yeah. You and I were born there. A lot of people we know were born there. It Our has since aunt worked there for a little bit. She was in the emergency room. Aunt Joanne? Mm-hmm. Colin's aunt, Sue worked there too as a nurse Mm -hmm. and it has since been closed down and has been demolished and they're rebuilding a new facility but at one point in time aunt sue said oh yeah arthur shawcross used to go there all the time for the cafeteria food we'd see him in passing he came in every day and ate the cafeteria food yuck yeah but i'm sitting there listening to talk about this i'm like you saw a serial killer in your hospital cafeteria and you didn't even know. She's like, no. She's like, none of us knew. 
She's like, anybody who talked to Arthur Shawcross then didn't think that he would be capable of it because of how, you know, the type of person he was. Mm -hmm. He wasn't all that bright. He wasn't, like, the most healthiest guy. He was, like, out of shape. But nobody thought he was that kind of, like, person. They just thought that, Mm -hmm. like, Edmund Kemper, he was just a guy who liked to impress people or, like, to shoot the shit. Mm -hmm. But that, that, hearing that about him was, like, oh, that's jarring. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the quiz. I know. (laughs) It's okay. I know, this is fun, though. I mean, like I said, I like having somebody on the podcast that I can talk about this stuff, too, because it's fun to, like, I almost said dissect, but I was like, no, that's not right. Unpacking is more of the yeah. term I'm looking for. Yeah. Alrighty. Question one. And I'm probably going to butcher the name of this cult, and I shouldn't apologize because they're bad people, but what type of chemical did Om Shin- Shinriko release into a subway in 1995? The year you were born. Was it anthrax? No. No? Mm-mm. Oh, what is it? I was going to say, have you ever heard of the Om Shinriko? Y- yeah. Okay. Because I only heard about it a couple times in, like, the Crime Countdown podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know this because I heard heard something about them not too long ago. I think it was maybe on... I don't know. I listened to... It's bad. I have, like, maybe, like, 10 to 12 podcasts that I listen to on rotation. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's 12. Because... I have one, two, three. I think only like three of them are non-true crime. Okay. And then the rest are. And I'm like, wow, that's a problem. But um, what was it? Not like mustard gas or anything, was it? It is a type of gas, but I don't think it's mustard gas. I have one more gas. Yeah, I was gonna say you got one more. Was carbon monoxide? No. No. It was sarin gas. Sarin gas. What is that? I don't know. Let me look that up. But they released it onto a subway in Japan in 1995, which is the year you were born. Oh, God. That's, well, that's not. <laughs> so, sarin is an extremely toxic synthetic organophosphorus compound. It's a colorless, colorless, odorless liquid and is used as a chemical weapon due to its extreme potency as a nerve agent. Oh, yeah, it was not fun. Okay, well, I didn't get a point on that one, because I'm like, I have no clue. Oh, God, am I... I've heard of them, but I couldn't tell you anything about, like, what kind of gas they use. There are still people in, like... Yeah, there's they're still active. I mean, yeah. their leader has since been arrested and put away, but yeah. their, their, cult are, their cult is still currently active. Some yeah. of these are still active today. Yeah. This next one we actually talked about in the last episode. Oh, but yeah. What was the name of the congressman who visited the People's Temple in 1955? The People's Temple was Jonestown. Yeah. God, these are hard. <laughs> are they? The name of the congressman. Yeah. So a congressman from California flew to, flew, flew to Guyana with a news crew to uh, observe the community that Jones yeah. had built. And somewhere along the way, some of his people were sneaking uh, messages to the congressman or telling him everything that was going on there. Yeah. And this got back to uh, Jim Jones, and that's when he decided, okay, the congressman needs to leave. Yeah. And we are all finally going to die together. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Can I have a hint? 
it's hard to say without really giving much away. I mean, because I, I, aside from this, unfortunately, aside from this instance, I don't really know the, the anything about him. Yeah. Oh no. no. I I can only say he has the same name as a zodiac sign. I'm like <laughs> going through the zodiac. Yeah. Like, which one sounds like a legit name? Yeah. So, do you give up, or do you want to oh try to guess? Lord. I'm trying to think of what name sounds like a zodiac sign. I don't know. Okay, well, we've got Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. I think Gemini's next. I might be wrong. Taurus. Scorpio, Leo. Oh, Leo? Yeah, Leo. 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 Leopold Blue? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, Leo. Is it like a. Is it like a like a white person name just like a yeah. generic white generic i mean his last name is also a first name it could be used as a first name i don't know i'm trying not to laugh <laughs> i don't curve my face with my notebook i know you like like wow those wheels in there are spinning real hard for <laughs> yeah, I'm, like i'm watching the wheels turn behind your eyes and i was like oh my god did i make this <laughs> um do you want me to tell you yeah, I already lost a okay. point, I think. Leo Ryan. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, con- Congressman Leo Ryan, they were told to leave, and him and the film crew tried to leave on the plane. Like you mentioned in the last episode, there was a movie that had shot a similar scene yeah. in which the news crew, they tried to leave, and Jones's men came and shot them before they were able to take off. Yeah. Okay, number three. <laughs> this one, I'm hoping you'll know. What true crime cult case is related to the cursed film Rosemary's Baby? Uh, not the Manson one. Yeah. Oh, is it the Manson? Yeah, the Manson yeah. family. Yes, I thought. So, Roman Polanski, who was the director of Rosemary's <coughs> Baby, his wife Sharon Tate and her friends all were killed by Manson's followers. Yes. It's been adapted a lot in other films and movies, so... It's weird because it's a true crime case, and we we did do an episode also about true crime cases uh, adapted into movies and films or TV shows. But when they do something like that, I don't know. I don't want to say it's in bad taste, but Mm -hmm. it almost kind of is when you kind of like popularize it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have you seen have you seen that show yet? The thing about Pam. I have not. No. It is odd, and then. I mean, we're recording this, like, the week after, like, Morbid recorded some... Like, they did an episode last week where they interviewed with the writer yes. of the book Bone Deep yes. that covers that case. Mm-hmm. And he, they asked him, like, how did you feel about the show? And he's like, I thought it was odd. He's like, I thought it was odd that it was told from the point of view of Pam. Yeah. He's like, but then when you, like, watch it more towards, like, the middle and end, it starts to kind of make sense and it's, you know, starts to become more interesting. Mm-hmm. John was like, okay, alright Interesting, okay So number four What was the name of the spacecraft Marshall Applewhite predicted Would carry Heaven's Gate members To the next level of existence That's an odd one Like that that cult itself Uh hmm? Something Bob, right? Yeah I almost thought you had said it because I could see your lips moving, and I'm, I'm like, like, "It's something, Bob," and I can't remember what the first ship is. It, it's essentially a comet, but he, oh, Haley Bob? No, not Haley. Bob. Hail Bob. Yeah. So yeah, for for the rest of the people, it was just a comet that was passing through our yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. 
to Marshall Applewhite and the rest of the uh, Heaven's Gate followers, it was a spacecraft. But yeah, I thought that the the whole Heaven's Gate thing is I don't odd. Like my toes. It's a, it's, it's another cult that is still currently active to this day, and it's its website apparently is still up and running. And then I think it was you that told me that Bailey Sarian actually has a copy of like their manuscript or uh, handbook. Yeah, they, of some kind. She found it. Where did she find it? Maybe online? Someone was selling it. Really? Online or something like that. Like, the the actual, like, book that you would get when you would join. That is odd. And I'm like, um, I kind of want to read that. Oh, boy. Okay. Number five. Boop. What was the name of the commune that headquartered the Branch Davidians? Your eyes got wide for a little bit. I'm like, oh, God, did I stump her again? The compound had a name? Yeah, so their compound, um, well, I shouldn't say compound, but their commune, you've seen the structure. It's mm-hmm. like a series of buildings, kind of like in like this gated commune, almost. Mm-hmm. It was built on a piece of property that was part of like a whole compound thing. Yeah. It had a name. It was a ranch, wasn't it? Yeah. Something, something like that. Ranch. Was it something ranch? Oh no, no, no. Um. Oh my, I'm I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good. It's okay, it's all right. I think I've got other easier ones in here. I think. All right. Does it have to do with Waco or anything with Waco? The no, the name Waco is not in it. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. It's called Mount Carmel. I am sorry. What? 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 I know. I feel like that makes no sense, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Mount Carmel. Okay. Are you kidding? I didn't know much about this cult until I started doing research for this podcast for the questions, but actress Allison Mack was a <gasps> master in witch cult. Nexium. Yes. She? Oh, she's the one who branded people. Yeah. So bad. So, oh. Yeah. So gross. That's an odd one. Man was straight up trying to have orgies. Yeah. Here's the thing. (laughs) You know what? We won't. We won't go there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's another tangent that we just don't need to go on. Okay. I mean, I feel like... I don't know. I'm not gonna go... I'm not gonna... Do you you know what I'm saying? What? (laughs) It's the things that men men will do... Yeah. to, To get some. Right. And, I mean, and they how, somehow think that they're the superior gender, but it's. But here's the thing: for you to have to go to that extreme just to get laid, it says really, a lot about you. <laughs> it, not only does it say a lot about you, but what it says to the rest of the world is that's fucking gross. Yeah. Like if you weren't already disgusting before, you're sickening now. Yeah. Like not in a good RuPaul way. Yeah. Like, not ha funny. Yeah. Not sickening. Yeah. Number seven: the Order of the Solar Temple. Base their ideals on what? You heard... I feel like you've heard of them. Yes. Okay. That's, um... The Order of the Solar Temple. That was the mom and the daughter, right? I don't know. I... I, See, here's the thing. I looked up cults and, like, killer cults, and, you know, every time I saw one that I either hadn't heard of or that seemed probably a little familiar to me, I would click on the link i read a little bit about them and if i saw a piece of information that i thought would be good for a quiz i would write it down so 
I felt like this was like a pretty generic question where it was like, because every cult has a foundation of some sort, yeah. whether it's like a religious foundation or some sort of mythological yeah. uh, foundation. And wasn't there's like ast- astrological or something like that? Or not, not quite. Well, like it had to do with like Heaven's Gate was uh, astro astrological yes. because of oh, the sorry. the whole Hellbop comet thing. Yes, and Jonestown based their off of religion. Off, yeah. yeah, like most people do. Yeah, and then you have, and then you have Nexium, which is just a sex cult. Yeah. and you know, that's that's pretty much the foundation of most of their cults. Yeah. It's that it's based on something that they feel like they can pass mm-hmm. off as like a real thing. Is this a- not satanic, was it? No. There's wasn't the Order of the... The Order of the Solar Temple. But I will say, take the word temple and think about it, because that... Huh? Like, mythology, or... Not exactly. Thinking of temple Judaism? Not quite. I think I've definitely gone through my okay. three guesses. Which um, I've done more than three. So they base their ideals off of the Knights Templar. What, what is, is that? that? The Knights Templar? Yeah, it's like for an oath of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and renounce the world, just as the Cistercians. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this word, but like essentially living like monks almost. Oh, okay. So there was that. (laughs) Like that's interesting. Number eight, L. Ron Hubbard is the founder. Scientology. Okay. (laughs) I hate that. I okay. Bonus point if you can tell me who the poster child is for Scientology. Yes. I'm going to do plus two. Yuck. I literally hate. <laughs> Sorry. Good old Maverick himself. I I hate Scientology. I really do. It's... Bowie took her Kong. Um, okay. <laughs> he's like, bye now, bye. So you got two points for that. Number nine. Rulon Jeffs was the prophet of the FLDS group. From November 1986 till September of 2002. How many wives did he have when he died? It was 65. Yep. 65? Yep. I was, I, I was thinking either 65 or 68. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was 65. I mean, you would have been close. I mean, 65 would have been spot on, but 68 would have been pretty close. Yeah. He had 65. Yeah. Which is nasty. I saw the uh, stay sweet, pray and obey. I saw the picture with him. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's not funny because he died. <laughs> it's like I'm I mean, not saying that he died and it's funny. But the pictures <laughs> right of the women smiling while he's around the his coffin. Right. And I'm not just like not like a little sweet, like, mm, they're taking our picture. with like they are cheesing. They are cheesing full teeth. Right. Around his coffin. <laughs> and it's really, it's like almost comical, but also kind of unsettling. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, let me let me just put it this way. Rulon Jeffs was not as bad as his son Warren Jeffs in terms of being a, a, a leader of a group. You know, but I think when it came to selecting who should marry who, I felt like that was a little skewed because there were, like, he died at, like, what, in his 90s? Yeah, 80s or 90s, I can't remember. Yeah, but he was still marrying women as young Mm -hmm. as, like, 18 years old. 
forcing them to have sex with him. Like, that's where I kind of draw the line in terms of his morality, you know? All right, number 10. 28-year-old Raphael Torado was the victim of a drive-by shooting from which cult in 1982? I think this one they did a documentary on, I think. Is that... I don't remember. Um, there was a, is that the one in Mexico? No. In fact, I think the one you're thinking of is going to be the next question, but it's not this one. Okay. Was it? Is it in the United States? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. I don't know. Okay. okay. You uh, want me to tell you? I'm already down so many <laughs> points. I it's okay. I mean, Colin has done a lot worse than this, so I mean. How I'm, many do I currently have? Uh, you've got... You have six so far. Out of 15, that's not good. I mean, we still got one, two, three, four, five, six more questions. Okay. So you've got you've got chances to redeem yourself. Okay. You might know some of these. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like... I, I didn't even know some of these, but I'm... I... Oh, boy. Do you want me to tell you this one? Yeah. The Chicago Rippers, a- a.k.a. the Ripper Crew. That wasn't the guy, I think, did they talk about him on Morbid? I think they did. I know they talked about him on Crime Countdown, but I don't know was if Was it the sacrifice? Did they do sacrifices too or no? Something like that, I think to a degree. I don't remember. Number 11. Mark Kilroy was a victim of which ritualistic torture by who? Um... Now, here's the thing. I couldn't find the name. I don't know why they don't really in, they, they talk about the name of, the, of this cult specifically. Yeah. The, the, it's more affiliated by the name of their leader. Oh, I don't know the name of the leader. Oh, God. Okay. I just know it was a, a ranch in Mexico. He was abducted, and then they did, like, a, a sacrifice. They, yeah. Like a sacrificial killing yeah sacrificial killing and then resulting in um the dismemberment and yeah of his body yeah yeah it was terrible the leader's name was adolfo Con- constanzo and i believe i believe the group was called the narco satanists oh yeah which is a weird name number 12 which cult is known to have committed the world's second largest mass suicide it's, this is a lengthy name, too. Which is odd. Oh, is that the one in Canada? No, that's not the one in Canada. I don't know. Is Hang that on. that one in Canada? Or no, that's Hilltop, isn't it? Hilltop's Canada. I think. God, you're typing. Yeah, because it's a lengthy freaking name. Oh, no, it's not in Canada. Southwestern Uganda. <laughs> Whenever you say Uganda, all I can think of is Book of Mormon. Okay. <laughs> Uganda? Where is that? Anyway. It's quotable. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Want me to tell you? Because it's, it's a lengthy name. I don't expect anybody to remember the name of this group. Okay. Okay. The Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Right? I feel like I may have heard of that, but I couldn't even tell you it, if I it was actually a, It was a family that had like mostly female kids and grandkids and nieces and apparently the father was 
uh, molesting most of them and had killed some of them and had stored their bodies in his house. Ew. Yeah. I, I believe that's what happened here. Rose McGowan and Joaquin Phoenix were born into which group? Oh, I know this one. Yeah, which I, I, I knew of Joaquin Phoenix. Rose McGowan, I, wasn't she the friend in Scream? Sydney's friend? Yes. yes. Uh, which is interesting. It was in, oh god, what was it? Something. They kind of went by two different names. Hold on. Let me think for a second. Oh no, that's the Canadian. I can't. I almost said Hillsong, but that's not it. No. Although I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix is considered Canadian. I'm not sure. Um, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's Hillsong. Okay. I think it's in. It's in California, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But they did travel, oh. too. So shoot. They were called the Children of God, also known as Jeez. Family International. Yes. Yes. God. I think... One of the podcasts? It was either Jared Leto. Oh, really? Or Brendan Urie from Panic! at the Disco were... Also born in that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's There's interesting. There's, like, a couple of people who, who are in Hollywood now who are, like, raised in that. That is interesting. I'm thinking it was maybe Jared Leto, because during one of his acceptance speeches for, like, an award, he talked about how his mom, like, got him and his brother out. Like, he, she ran away from the cult yeah. with him and his brother. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Maybe it was... I think so, but I don't remember. All right, number 14. And I'm gonna... I'm gonna go slow, because this name is gonna be hard to pronounce, but let me see if I can wing it. So... Mystic Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh had a reputation of being what? Have you ever seen the docuseries Wild Wild Country on Netflix? I have not. Okay, because that, that's what the docuseries is based off. It's based off this guy. Was he supposed to be like a healer? Or a, no. Or a, like a, what do they call it in FLDS? A prophet? No. 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 He was known as a, a guru of some sort. Oh, like a self-help or a health, uh, mental health guru? Not exactly. Sex guru? Yeah, sex guru. Oh. I was like, listen, <laughs> cults are about three things. Right. If they're, if they're Money, not- religion of some sort, whether it's spirituality or like religion, religion, and sex. It's gotta right? be. Right? Like if, if they're not, if they're not a, a religious leader or a, uh, like spiritual or uh, like a like a MLM like we were talking about Nexium I think was like a MLM or some shit yeah like a um, pyramid scheme yeah then it's, then a it's sex about sex yeah. <laughs> money one power of the three. sex literally one of the three right all right number fifteen this is the last one so let's see how did Angel's Landing leader Daniel Perez make money. Was it drugs? No. Drugs? No, this one is, this one's really fucked up. <gasps> this isn't the denim jacket people, is it? I don't know. Denim jacket people. There was a cult that made, so like, in like the, Wait a minute. in the 80s and 90s, 
they have like these denim jackets that like full on have like murals on them. Mm-hmm. Like like Madonna, Michael Jackson, like people like famous people had them. And it was apparently a cult was making them. They made like these like denim jacket like like they were like painted and they had like yeah, I said pretty much like murals on them. But maybe that isn't it. So it wasn't clothing. Wasn't drugs. I'm not seeing anything about jackets. I listen to so there's this one podcast I listen to called Small Town Murder. I think I've told you about yeah. it a couple of times. One of the people who he had killed somebody mm-hmm. in a small town and he went on the run for a little bit. He joined whatever called it was that made like denim these denim jackets with like murals and stuff on them so that's why i was just like i wonder if it's that one <laughs> it's something a little bit more heinous do you, do you want me to tell you like an assassin or something no kind well not assassinations but um he i don't i don't know how to say this without giving anything away but other other serial killers have done this and i mean not just cult leaders but serial killers also like pawning off stuff from people that they killed or not quite okay so i mean i don't want to say not quite because they weren't essentially taking their possessions and reselling them but i yeah they they would they would hurt people pretty badly oh yeah like pretty. beat people up for money mm, it's hard again it's hard to say like Do you want me, people you want me to tell you people think of dorothea puente <gasps> oh yeah okay so okay. yeah, like kill people, but like steal their stuff. Like kill people and steal their stuff. Or like their life insurance yes. and all that stuff. There you go. So what he would do is he would take life insurance policies out on his or followers like, yeah. and kill them. And then just collect the life insurance policy. Yeah. Like that was more than three guesses. So I if know. you don't give me the point, that's fine. I'm going to give it to you because it's like, I mean, for those of you who don't know who Dorothea Puente was, she was a woman who ran boarding houses and, um would take these tenants in who the society would have deemed like what do you call them not low risk but like someone that people wouldn't necessarily check up on regularly so like yeah. the homeless or the disabled or the elderly like, like elderly, people who were yeah. elderly who maybe didn't have family either didn't have family at all or like didn't have family nearby right and she would like take their social security and their or like life put out life insurance policies on people yeah she was so, not a nice lady. So let's see. I'm gonna tally up. Ah, I did a really piss poor job. I can already tell. It's okay. I gave you two points for that Scientology one because that one is just. Oh, it. Have you seen the Leah Remney? Yes, I have. Okay. So it is unsettling. Yeah. You got eight out of fifteen. It's not bad. That's about half. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say half of sixteen is eight, so I mean, a fifty percent is still an athlete. <laughs> but it's still a fail. It's okay though. So what did you? How did you feel about it overall? These questions were hard. I know. I'm sorry. It was okay. It's I okay. mean, like I said, when I did research on these things, I didn't know over half of the cults that are on that yeah. quiz. So learning about them was interesting. Knowing a bit about their philosophy was even weirder. But yeah, I just thought those ones were, like, weird. Yeah. Especially, like we said, the FLDS docuseries that just came out was 
a bizarre one. And then, like, you and I have heard about the Manson family one a million times. Yeah. Jonestown's also another one we've heard a million times. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Heaven's Gate was probably, like, I wouldn't say the most non-violent, but... Well, they weren't outwardly violent. Yeah. To people. But they were... And they weren't... They weren't violent prior to the mass suicide. Right. I think it's just the fact that, like, Bonnie Nettles, when she died, things kind of spiraled from there. Yeah. And maybe Marshall was trying to get a grip on things, running this cult without her. Yeah. And that's when things started to become a bit erratic with his philosophy. But he was probably kind of trying to, like, crack down on following these philosophies. Yeah. But one thing you and I had talked about a while back when we were thinking of, like, cults and stuff, a lot of times what cult leaders will do, and I don't understand why they do this, but they will predict an apocalyptic event. It tied tied in with an actual, like, public event that's going on either on a national or global scale, and then it happens... And then nothing nothing. happens. Like, Like, yeah, like, the public event will come and go... And nothing happens. And then they'll be like, JK, uh, we were, like, just testing you. Or, like, all they said because we, what was it? Because, like, we listened and we were, like, ready, like, that we, like, deemed ourselves worthy. So they're giving us, like, more time. But, like, the end is still eventually going to come. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, will there be, like, a fiery apocalypse? Maybe not today. Yeah. But it's not, not gonna, like, exactly two months from now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it's just the fact that, like, okay, so for example, the FLDS one. With the Winter Olympics? Yeah. So yeah. Warren Jeffs had predicted that the Winter Olympics, was it the Winter Olympics? It was being held in Utah, and he predicted so. that if the Olympics was going to continue to take place in Utah, then that was going to be, like, the end of times for the Mormon religion and they packed up all their shit in salt lake city and they moved down to short creek and even like even if you watch the documentary some of them even said like that didn't seem right like when the event came and went and nothing happened and now some of them they can tell he was scrambling at that point like okay now that i've i've gotten them out here but now they're wondering what's going to happen what do I do? And I think it was just so interesting, too, the way that they had kind of, like, it snowballs from their bit. Because, you know what was really interesting for me when I watched that documentary? I hate to keep talking about that one in particular, but because it's the most recent, the most fresh in my mind, I think it's interesting that, like, the fact that the FLDS cult had kind of started at a pretty, like, early point in time. Mm-hmm. Before Warren was born... When Roland Jeffs was still an active leader, and even people before him mm-hmm. were active, they had built this, again, like a foundation. They had set up the rules, they had established a hierarchy, and they mm-hmm. had laid out everything for their followers. Like, this is what is happening. This mm-hmm. is how life works, yeah. essentially. And then Warren Jeffs comes along and fucks it all up. Yeah. It's like how did we how did we or they allow him to continue to fuck up like that? Like not to say that anything that Roland Jeffs or the people before him were doing anything right. Yeah. But how does somebody like Warren Jeffs go from taking a structured community into something way more darker than what it was already? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's and it just seems so crazy. And then like like there was a moment in time where he not only was kicking out all the young men from the cult, he was starting to kick out older members from mm-hmm. the cult. People who had been part of the community before Ruin. Yeah. And were like people who were recruited from outside of the community in. Mm-hmm. And because like it, here's the thing. It's scary how smart these people are. Yeah. Because Warren Jeffs was smart enough to recognize that those people that he was kicking out were in some way going to be able to influence the others to leave with them and mm-hmm. say, hey, this is not what we're signing up for. Mm-hmm. And what Warren is doing is not good. So okay. we need to leave and go start afresh somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like surprised that it got... It got to the point where it is even today because it's still actively running. Yeah, and he's from jail even still doing like sermons and stuff and meeting with people like over the phone and. All right. It's insane. All right. It just doesn't make sense. It's odd. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we signed off? Or? Not that I can think of. I don't know. Okay, I guess in terms of cult cases, is there anything that you find intriguing or scary? Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that are intriguing and scary about cults. Yeah. But is there anything that comes to mind? I So, I understand how people like that can get, like, people to follow them because they're often, like, really good communicators. They're really persuasive. Um, they're really good at quote-unquote making connections with people because for the person that they're trying to convert and bring into their cult or group or whatever they present it as, their religion, for that person they're making a connection, I don't in any way, shape, or form believe that the person who is in charge actually is connected with any of these people. I feel like it is very, like, uh, one-sided. Yeah. So... I get how they can persuade people because they'll also like target people who are like down on their luck or who have been through traumatic events or are lonely and need somewhere like a community to feel a part of and things like that. Oh. But yeah, there is a psychology when it comes to how uh, recruiters pick people. Yeah. It's and almost like how like people who like are abusers in mm-hmm. relationships, it's like that same type of thing where they know they have, like, it's almost like a sixth sense of, like, people who they know are, like, easy to, like, target. Right. And so I get how. Mm-hmm. But there are some times, like, my, not that they're, like, my favorite cult, but, like, the one I am the most intrigued by is Heaven's Gate. Yeah. I just want to know, like, so, like, with Jonestown. Okay. And with... Um, I think, like, even Hillsong and, like, some of the other, like, Children of God. It's all, FLDS, is all mm-hmm. religion-based. For In religions that were, like, have been structured for a long time. So it's, like, I can see how they're, like, well, it's just, like, this religion. And it's, like, but we're our own little group. We're, like, a family, blah, blah, right. blah. And that's how they, like, bring people in. I want to know <laughs> how you get the pamphlet or you get the DVD or the video or whatever when you join Heaven's Gate and you listen to what is being said and you go, yeah, yeah like, that makes sense. 
Yeah, like, what is it that Marshall Applewhite <laughs> is saying in that creepy video that resonates with you? Like, right. what is it? That is that the one that you... I'm just like, I'm so confused on how they got so many people to join. Because I'm like, I listen to it, and I'm like, huh? Right? <laughs> you like what? Even, like, even when you listen to the people who, like, Scientologists, when they tell you, like, yeah, their oh entire God, I spiel, literally can't. That, I'm yeah. Like, Heaven's yeah. Gate and Scientology are very, like, to me, they're, like, very, like, close. Yeah. Also, I, I also want to, like, I wanted to touch up on something that was interesting. Because when I, like you said, when some, some cults are religion-based. Yeah. And religion, most relig- religions are based off of another one. Yeah. The oldest practicing religion in the world is Hinduism by, like, millions of years. Mm-hmm. The youngest practicing religion of about 2,000 years is Christianity. Mormonism actually, like, is the most fairly recent, and that came about, like, what, in the 1800s? Well, maybe not that far back. I'm thinking, like, 18 or 1900s, even. Yeah. They're they're fairly new, but even that is still... Mormon religion is somewhat of a Christian or Catholic-based religion. In, in terms of, like, they don't practice any, like, major holidays, and they don't participate in anything that's, like, I don't know, mainstream. But the fact that it's, like, even cults are religions based off of another religion, baffling in a way of how we can, like, like, we can observe a practice like Christianity and in some ways kind of respect it for what it is. But still kind of keep in the back of our minds that Christianity is, again, it's a 2,000-year-old practicing religion that in some ways has taken their practices based off of other religions. Mm -hmm. Like, I've heard people dissect the Bible, and there are certain parts of the Bible that go in line with Celtic religion Mm -hmm. and other, other things. And it's like... Uh, how do how do you justify the fact that like even like people who practice Christianity who are like my religion's the the primary religion and it's the most superior of all other religions? It's like no, because your religion's only been around for two thousand years. Mm-hmm. Before that, you had Hinduism, you had Judaism, you had Buddhism. Even it's like those things came before you, and even like the Celtic practices were probably long before. Christianity, mm-hmm. and it's like, and you're telling me that mm-hmm. you think your religion is the most superior when you've had all these other like texts and yeah. things before you, like, yeah. like I don't know. It's just it it's odd for me. Yeah, and that's why I think like when we look when most of us look at cults, you know, we we hear the philosophy behind it, we hear mm-hmm. the ideology, ideology, and we just kind of sit there and look a little puzzled as to like. How, again, how did we get here? Like, how? what made you think that, based off of point A, yeah. that we're now in point B? Yeah. Like, how did we get here? Yeah. By the way, Mormonism started in 1830. Okay. Good thing you Googled, because I wasn't quite sure. Because the Murder Among the Mormons docuseries does cover a bit of the history of the Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. But again, it the whole story behind it is just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Joseph Smith, I believe, is the original yeah. founder. Yeah, and he's from Rochester, New York. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Fuck! Yeah. Ew! I know. Okay. Yeah, it started in er, yeah, was it Rochester? Upstate, somewhere upstate. Hold on, let me see. So, Fayette, New York? 
Fayette. Yeah, okay. F-A-Y-E-T-T-E. I'm not sure where that is. So, well, let's see. Not far from where we are. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's southeast of Geneva. So, okay. yeah, it's not far at all from where we are. Oh, God. Claimed. There are a lot of Mormons around here, though. Yeah. Which I'm like... Well, I mean, it is considered... Listen. Well, I don't want to say it's considered the holy land for Mormons, but if Joseph Smith was from Fayette, New York, and yeah. that's where he had his original, like... Yeah, that's where he visions. found the golden plates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then... There's a, a Church of Latter-day Saints in Brockport. Ooh. Yeah. Creepy. Every time we drive by it, I'm just like... There's well, also Jehovah's Witness, which I think that started yeah. here, too. No? Or close by? I don't know, but I remember Jehovah's Witness. You know, that's another one that when I looked up cults, that name came up. Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of like Jehovah's Witness, Ku Klux Klan. Well, yeah, that's... And a couple other, like... Well, I don't know if I would call them a cult as much of a... I feel like that's like a... As much of like a... a Lifestyle? uh, (laughs) No, like a... uh, An upbringing? Like a... Like a bigoted group. Yeah. I mean, they're very, very much bigoted, but I mean... Yeah. Or like a bigot group? Is it bigot or bigoted group? But they're bigots. I think... They're yeah. racist and they're misogynist and they're disgusting yeah. people, so... but And that I will you, not apologize for. But when you Google cults, KKK and um, Jehovah's Witness do come up. Jehovah's Witness is a Jehovah's Witness is very odd, and they are very persistent people. Yeah, I used to work at a nursing home, and we had a couple of residents who were Jehovah's Witness, and yeah. it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a little intense, because we used to do, like, parties and stuff, and yeah. they would get really upset about it. And I'm like, well, okay, you don't have to go, but, like, not everyone here is well, Jehovah's because, Witness. Well, because part of their religion is that they don't practice... Celebrate. Anything. Yeah, exactly. They don't celebrate birthdays. They don't celebrate major holidays yeah. or anything. When I worked at the hotel a few years back, it's in Henrietta, the mm-hmm. hotel. It's like 10 minutes away from RIT, mm-hmm. maybe less. But sometimes. I drive by it on the expressway now. I see it, and I'm like, my sister used to work there. It was a trashy place, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Very trashy. But like, um, anytime a convention was held in the area, so there would be Jehovah's Witness conventions. We would offer, or or not we, I should say, the, primarily the hotel. It was the groups themselves. They would call up like a year in advance and say, okay, we've we've selected the time that we're going to be having this convention. We would like to uh, book a set of rooms for our guests who are attending the convention. Mm-hmm. So we would get families. We would get people. We would get people who would be speaking at these conventions and... Mm-hmm. We had a very strict policy about no soliciting on the property. Mm. And they all had to agree to that and be like, look, if we start to get complaints from guests or anybody... trying to convert people? Yeah, that you're trying to convert people to your religion, we will have you immediately thrown out. Mm -hmm. So I was glad at least that we had a very strict policy and no tolerance bullshit about this. But I was like, yo, I didn't even realize they were a whole ass cult. And I'm like, this is creepy. Yeah. Aside from those, though, we did have another convention that uh, was hosted in Rochester around that time. Was like a scrapbooking convention. No I shit. Love that. <laughs> right? That's like the most wholesome convention you a could lot ever of, have. A lot of like middle-aged to older women. Right. I mean, here's the thing. As mild as you can possibly get with any sort of convention, they were very demanding. And because you said they're like. 
middle-aged white ladies, they all had to be accommodated for some sort of thing in oh, one way, yeah. shape, or form. Like, first of all, we we had an ice machine on each floor. I mean, we were like a two-story hotel. So sometimes we would get, like, guests from that club who would call and be like... 1872, so even Mormons are older than Jehovah's Witness. Oh, Mormon, yeah. Mormonism started in 1830. Jehovah's Witness started in 1872 in Pittsburgh. Nice. Yeah. How do you feel about today's episode? I think it went well. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself about the quiz portion. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. No, I'm mad at myself. I'm like, come on now. How about this? How about if we if we ever do... A redemption. <laughs> not only a redemption... If you ever want to do, like, a true crime trivia episode again, I'll have you be the quiz master. And you can stump me and yes. <laughs> make me look like crap. No. <laughs> That's okay. I don't... I'm okay. We're sisters. We're kind of, like... Competitive. Yes. I'm just like... Colin and I will put, like, wagers down on these things. Like... I can't. Because if I... If I'm not... If I go... Oh, yeah, I'm confident I got this, and then I start not doing well. It's not good. Cracking under pressure, yeah. Yeah, I'm a sore loser. It does not go well. But, like, for me and Colin, like, we'll just stake claims on, like, oh, winner gets to pick the next restaurant we go out to, or um, loser gets to, I don't know, do the dishes or something like that. Like, nothing major, but, like, we usually have that kind of fun. I think we've said our piece about cults in this episode. I, I would definitely like to do more true crime conversations with you because these are fun. And again, not to diss Colin or make him look bad, but when it comes to true crime conversations, I do enjoy having somebody who's more conversational yes. than uh, somebody who's like, yeah, uh huh, okay, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, can you contribute more, please? It's yeah. like, this was a fun episode, and I. I hope to have you on again, because this is, again, really, really fun to do. Yes. And thank you for coming on, filling in for Colin. No problem. He he greatly appreciates you stepping in. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Next time we'll we'll all three do one. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I know. we got to figure out a a good, like, topic that the three of us can... Like I said, if we do a a re... Was it re... Remake debate? Remake debate, or even if we can talk more about, like, true crime film adaptations. Oh, yeah. That was one he and I talked about earlier today, because I asked him, I was like, have you ever seen Lake Bottom, or Bottom, with a D? Mm. Morbid covered it, like, in the beginning (gasps) of their show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, like, one of their first, like, five or ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. And they did make a film about it. I haven't seen it. And then there's Wolf Creek that Mm. I wanted to watch. Okay. That looked odd. Okay. But if you ever want to, like, do something like that, we could. Yeah, That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Oh, you know what we should do? Since we were talking about Ted Bundy earlier, we should have you on again, and we should talk about the extremely vile, shockingly evil movie. Don't even get me started on that goddamn movie. (laughs) Did you not like it? I did not like it. Well, you know what? We'll hold on. It's a hot take. I know. We'll hold (laughs) off on it when we have you back on again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. It was not good. <laughs> so as always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and others. And you can follow us on Instagram under the Abby Normal Podcast username. Thank you for coming on this episode, Emily. I appreciate you. Oh, uh, no problem. Anytime. Anytime. 
All right, so we're signing off. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.